Are you ready for Big Talk <laughs> with Chris and Greg? Sorry, I got a little in the mood. That's Sum- all right, dude. Summoning my inner Triple H. I loved it, man. It's cool. That's going to be... Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, are ready for some wrestling talk. I know that some people that I've been speaking to want to hear a little bit more about the wrestling. All right. Um. So this is going to be uh, another, we're going to go back to wrestling, talking about wrestling like we did uh, episode number two. But before we get to that, let's take care of business. We're on Instagram oh. at Big Talk CG. We're also uh, available on email, BigTalkCG at gmail.com. Guess what, Greg? What? Another surprise. You know, I always like to surprise you, dude. Yes, I love I always it. like to surprise you. And it's not the old hole in my pocket trick this time. <laughs> <laughs> now pull my finger. <laughs> we are on Twitter. Did I tell you we're on Twitter? Yes, I did. We're on Twitter. Oh, we're nice. On Twitter. Um, we're tweeting. We're 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 on the Twitter machine. So, I don't know, yes. we're tweeting. I don't know what right, what they call it. Um, we don't have. Uh, I don't know if we have any followers yet because we haven't really announced that out to the, to okay. the nation. So let's see who's going to be our first follower on twitter all right and then uh, we'll retweet you to the other follower <laughs> until we get another one um so yeah uh let's see last episode we did our halloween special loved it i thought it was great i thought it was funny man we did some good stuff on some there good stuff We're talking about scary movies and stuff you guys haven't heard it yet go back and check it out we talk about everything halloween Candy, trick or treating, costumes, everything. Yeah, scaredy cat Chris over here can't watch uh, horror movies without walking away. I couldn't sleep for a day or two after we did that episode. (laughs) Couldn't get sleep. Couldn't get sleep. It's because you're fired up, man. I know, I'm so fired up. Um, Okay, guys, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. And we're going to talk about. Did we decide what we were talking about? We're talking about factions. Correct. Uh, and you guys know how we like to do it. We do not like to rank. We do not like to go 10 to 1, 1 to 10. Yeah, nothing like that. We don't like to do that because I think that kind of limits what you can talk about. You know, let's just let's just freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> let's just throw... Um, it's all in the hips. Ooh, it's all, it's all in the hips. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and start talking about some factions. And, you know, we both do have our big talk... <laughs> notebooks today um <laughs> and uh, so you know what greg i'm gonna go ahead and hoping that you're not gonna lead, well, go ahead and lead off with whoever you want who do you want to talk about what's one of your favorite all-time factions oh. stables of all time the nwo new world order yes i love it man i um you know i loved it when it first began when it was small with certain wrestlers on there you know Hall, Nash, Hogan, and, you know, add a few guys to it. You know, if they kept it under single digits, it, it, it was good. But when they started doing double digits, it got too crazy for me. Yeah, dude. Um, so uh, the NWO was really huge for WCW. Um, it was when they had Hogan and uh, the Outsiders. Yeah. And they came together. That was a 96 Bash at the Beach where they just had uh, Hall and Nash mm-hmm. had came over from WWE. Uh, Diesel, Razor Ramon, for you guys that don't know. And then they had the whole tag match, and the tag match, I believe, was it against Macho Man and Luger? Macho Man and Luger, Macho Man Sting, a combination of that situation. And they're supposed to have the third man, or maybe it was all three of them. I think it was three of them against the Outsiders. Okay. Like, oh, we're going to have our third man. <clears throat> oh, yeah, there and you they, go. You know, the Outsiders start beating everybody up, beating everybody up, and then. Hogan comes out and he's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And then he, the greatest turn in the history of professional wrestling, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, and the, the yeah. NWO started. And ever since then, they've been just too sweet. sweet. Heck yeah, man. I I, I really loved um, the NWO black and white. Um, they also turned into their uh, other part of their side project, which was the NWO Red, the Wolf Pack. And, you know started off going differently that's why i said it got too big for me that's yeah. it just was too much it got then, too big um i agree you know they had all you know the the black and white which is the og they had the wolf pack i like i like the wolf pack i like their entrance music 
Yeah. Andrew knew it was pretty killer. And then they had the, the Latino World Order. Is that yes. What? Latino World Order. That, well, that was that Eddie Guerrero, Eddie man. Guerrero. I had that. Um, but you know when it was just a small a smaller uh, faction basically when it when it kind of first started when it was just Nash and Hall Hogan um excuse me and then uh six joined them also and then I think Bischoff I think those were really I might be missing one maybe two mm -hmm. people that really don't matter anyways cuz it's probably like Scott Norton or some shit like that or Virgil <laughs> DiBiase but when it was just you know, DiBiase wasn't even wrestling, so I guess he could have been okay. He would have been like a manager type. Like Correct. Off, so he doesn't really matter. But when it was just like those four or five, first four or five, maybe six in-ring wrestlers, yeah. I was still good with it. But over time, like you're saying, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And you started to be like, I don't like them anymore. I don't like this anymore. Yeah, the Buff Bagwells, like you said, the Scott Nortons, the... um. I don't know whoever else joined and everybody else uh current Hennig got in there I mean he was a great wrestler he didn't you know you look at the list of wrestlers they started to get in that in that uh faction and a lot of them I kind of wonder like why were they ever part of it because they didn't need it they had so yeah. many good wrestlers that they didn't really need to be in a group like that it wasn't even um the giant on there macho man I mean macho yeah. man still had that yeah. yeah there was just so many guys so it got too big for the bridges it got you know, too big for the bridges. Bridges? Bridges. 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 All right. It's okay. Um, the one, the, the two guys that I want to talk about that aren't even in the NWO that I always thought was cool were uh, DDP and Goldberg because they never, they always wanted those guys in there and they never, especially DDP. Remember they tried Correct. to recruit him and tried to recruit him. And then there was that episode of Nitro where everybody thought that he, he was going to join. Yeah. And dude, he diamond cut three four guys in the middle of the ring one up in the crowd and you still see it like it's a, it's probably one of the top 10 uh best images of nitro monday nitro of all time when he's out in the crowd showing the diamond cutter sign the whole crowd's going bananas heck yeah that that's that was well you know that was pretty great you know that he didn't join in because they were everybody was joining at that time so it was nice to see someone that just did not want to go with what was at that time the status quo correct i mean it could have been a storyline that they just kept in same thing with goldberg you're right man but you know, Goldberg and Streak was going on, and they wanted him to join. And yeah, there was a lot of that, dude. There was a lot of those. Let's uh, let's let's turn the corner. Let's right. talk about a faction that was going on at the same time in WWE. Let's talk about Degeneration X. DX. DX. Are you ready? Yeah. They so they first started. Yeah. It was, uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn. Triple. Mm -hmm. Triple H. China, China and Rick Rude and Rick Rude. That was yeah, the, that was the that first, was the first incarnation of it. First incarnation, and um, kind of doing the limited time that I had to kind of you know research stuff because I don't have an iron trap for a for a mine. I'm not sure exactly what happened at what point where Shawn Michaels. I don't know if he he got injured, but he left or he was gone, and Triple H kind of took the reins for um, DX. Yeah, I think he took some time off. Or, or got injured and, and played it off. Is that like when he a, lost his smile? Was that yeah? That time I think that's or, when it was. Um, and he left, and Triple H really ran with it. He, that's when they got got um, X Pac. Yeah, and they got the New Age Outlaws. Correct. Lost Rick Rude. Lost Rick Rude and, and kept China. And kept China. They yeah. were so China wasn't either a valet anymore. Now she was, you know, one of the guys wrestling too. First female, probably only female Intercontinental Champion. Uh, probably. Oh, yeah, I think so. Probably. She was. The cool thing about her is that she wasn't, I, you know, you bring up the word valet. I don't even know if she was that. She was, I, I think that she was introduced as Triple H's bodyguard. Yes. might have been. And she was, because she didn't do anything but stand there with her arms crossed and get involved. Correct. That was it. She didn't talk. You rarely heard her yeah. talk. Yeah, that voice like this or whatever didn't. it was. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a good imitation, but you know what didn't I mean. Didn't talk or didn't smile, but, but, but just. man, that fact is a roadblock. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the NWO and um, they. They they had titles, you know. Hogan was always the world champ, and and uh, you know the outsiders mm -hmm. had the tag team titles a lot. But in DX, they had the world title. They always had the tag team championship. I don't really know how they were going with the Intercontinental, who was who were the major players at that time. But I do remember the New Age Outlaws always having those tag team belts. They were like yeah. nine time champions, something like that. But when you have Shawn Michaels and Triple H, basically running the show right? in your faction, you can't go wrong with that. It was good. It was good. You know what? What I liked about DX is 
they stopped at what we'll say five mm -hmm. and they did and that was good enough they didn't have to add 25 other more guys to be dx and then at the end of dx or whatever time sean and and hunter wanted to come back, it was just dx it was just two of them mm -hmm. you know just still two guys at towards the end of i thought it got cheesy when it was just like 10 years later and they were like dx tonight one night only and they'd come out and be like oh but you know, people still want that. I mean, when you want to go to a show. I mean, if you heard Stone Cold was going to wrestle in uh, on SmackDown in December here in L.A. at Staples Center, you would be like, oh, you know what? I'm yes. going to go. You know what? Because you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of times when these guys are coming out, they're not wrestling. They're just coming out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that the last time that they came out as DX, that they were there wrestling. They were just there flapping their gums, and then X-Pac came out in the New Age Outlaws, and they were just out there telling everybody to suck it. <laughs> and and that was it. I mean, that's that's what, you know, I mean, I'll say it. You know, that that's why I kind of am over The Rock. Okay. When he comes back, you know what? He wrestles some of the time. But, dude, don't just come back and say catchphrase, 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 catchphrase. Lift your eyebrow and then leave. You don't love it, man. No, you don't want to see it. You I don't loved hear it. it. I loved it during the attitude. You loved era. it then, not it's the too same. much it's, in there. No, no, not All right. anymore. All right, come back and wrestle. That's what you, know? you want, but he's too big for his. He's too big now. Where too he, big for his what? He's too big, movie star. <laughs> to you know wrestle or do stuff, but you know in his movies you see once in a while they do wrestling moves. They do a lot of rock bottoms. Every once in a that's, while. That's and... just Steven Seagal moves. <laughs> Steven Seagal was doing that and marked for death, bro. Steven uh, Seagal. But DX was, you know, they were going at the same time as the NWO. Let's bring up the, uh, God damn, I can't remember. Was it the Nassau Coliseum that they went to where they crossed the bridge? It was it was up in the northeast somewhere. It might have oh, been the yeah. Nassau Coliseum where they went with the tank. Yes. Across the, they, all they had to do was basically cross a bridge or cross the river because mm -hmm. WCW was in one Coliseum, uh, WWE was in another one, and they were literally guys less than five miles apart. Yes. And so whoever came up with this idea is a genius, and whoever is in WCW making decisions is the biggest idiot of all time. Cause, and I'll tell you why right now. Hear me out. So they went, uh, I was watching, well, I lived on the West Coast, so I don't know if you remember on the West Coast. You would get to watch Nitro first because okay. it was an East Coast feed, and then Raw would come on. So you'd basically get five or six hours of wrestling straight. Yes. Remember that? Remember yes. that? So I watched the Nitro, and then I'm like, then you watch the the Raw. Yeah. So watching the Raw, you're like, oh my god, dude, this is this is great, man. They're 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 driving the tank. They're outside. You know, you see fans. It says WCW on the uh, uh, mat. What's the thing called? The Dilbert, marquee. The marquee, marquee outside. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, they're gonna. They're gonna go in, and then they turn down the parking yes. structure tunnel, and it's open. You're like, dude, these guys are gonna—they're gonna get on. <laughs> they're gonna get on. Here comes the gate closing. <laughs> dude, whoever made that decision to close that gate is the stupidest. Because as soon as they came on there, I would have WCW cameras all over them. They would have been on my TV show, and their t dude, everybody would have been watching. Because you can't let WWE. Oh, everybody would have been, been able to come in there on WCW. No, right? you can't go in there. And so they would have been. Yeah, come to the ring. Let's go. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? There's the red shit? carpet. Go. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Do you? I mean, uh, it's but that's just too too big of a crossover, man. No, nobody would have done that. But you're right. That would have been good and to they, see. And 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 you know, since we're pipe dreaming, you could have had DX. Who are who's the click? Right, yeah. Hall and Nash, they could have had a little tag team match, you know, and you know, Hall and Nash, you know, they're all buddies with Triple H and uh, Sean. Sean Waltman and, and Sean Michaels, you know, they're all yeah. really good buddies, so they could probably throw on something together quick on the fly. I don't know, Jim McMahon, uh, uh, Vince McMahon would have lost his shit. Right. He would have uh, lost his shit. Yeah, somebody, somebody would have been fired. You're fired. But uh, that was, uh, they ran, you know, they were one of the big reasons that WWE came back. Like they did because they were getting killed at that yeah. time. Yeah, uh, you know they, they were. Yeah, they were great. They could uh, maybe a little over the top sometimes. You know that frat boy humor kind of yes. was like, eh. But you know, they're they're one definitely. We don't rank, but if we do, that's why we say they're they're in my probably top five. They're my top five all time. Oh, definitely on that one. Um, I'm gonna bring up somebody from uh, that we both love, probably from all federations, a lot of federations. Um, the four horsemen. The four horsemen. Without 
a shadow of a doubt, the greatest faction in the history of professional wrestling. I, as you know what, there is, I would have to say there is, you're right. There is no weakest link in that uh, um, faction. Now they did. Now we know the originals, right? Ole, Arn, Rick, and Tully, right? Those guys. And J.J. Dillon as the, what is it, the special announcer or special commentary or special advisor. Advisor. There you go. Um, that, those, those guys, they ran it. They, they just ruled. There's just no doubt about what they did. But then they added other guys. You know, somebody must have got hurt. Then they added Lex Luger. Yeah, he was a horseman at one point. Even Barry Windham, right? Now, I'll tell you right now, before you get too far, going too far, the um, incarnation with Barry Windham was my favorite. Really? I do remember, you know, when when it when the Four Horsemen all started and stuff. I was never really a big fan of Ole Anderson. Correct. I he bored me on the mic where the the rest of them could talk. Um, his wrestling was very. I don't know. He just, I don't know. He just kind of looked awkward at times to me. He was, you know, whatever he was, he was. But I love that Four Horsemen with Barry Windham. Barry Windham is the most under, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. He was great. He yes. was never, he's one of those guys that was never as big as he should have been. We'll probably do a show about people that probably should have been bigger and better. <laughs> but man, he would have to be towards the top of that list. But man, that, I think what happened was, you're right. I think Ole Anderson, what happened was, is the story is, is that, his son had like an amateur wrestling event or tournament, and he went to that instead of going to the show. Or oh, whatever. I think okay. Rick Flair tells a story on one of those documentaries, and uh, so that was it. And I think that I think they brought in um, Luger first. Okay. Because I think yeah, what I, happened was Luger right. was in first, and then Wyndham at one point they had a match, and like they all jumped Luger, like Barry Wyndham and yeah. Luger had a match for probably the U.S. title or something like that. Then they all ended up jumping Luger because Luger got too big for his bridges or wanted to go off the world title or something like that. But yeah, that Barry Windham one was was great. Yeah. Um, also, who was on there was Sid Vicious. He was also a member. Um, if you didn't know, Chris ben, uh, Benoit was a member and also Brian Pillman. They were also part of the Four Horsemen at one point. Yeah, it wasn't all... What was his name? Roma? The, Tony Roma? No, I don't know. what. Forget. Was it? No, it wasn't Tony, was it? For 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 a while there, he was in he was in the Four Horsemen as well. Yeah, Called Roma, Roma. I don't remember. I'm about to look it up. Google it quick. Um, it was right around the same time as. Uh, remember that whole episode of the wrestling where they were that one guy that came out wearing the stormtrooper. Me- oh, the sh- uh, shockmaster. The shockmaster it was like right around the shockmaster oh, era okay. or day. It wasn't even <laughs> an era. It was like a day. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious. Dude, the Four Horsemen was great, and I'm gonna tell you why. Let's cut to let's cut to it. All of those wrestlers that they had could wrestle. They could all talk. I mean, I think everybody knows about Ric Flair. We almost don't even need to talk about Ric Flair because everybody knows. Yes, we're all you know like 16 time champ, I believe, something like that. Um, one of the, known as one of the greatest talkers in the history of wrestling, could just get on the mic and talk. Uh, talk your ear off and, and you're still entertained Arn Anderson I think is one of the guys in that faction that kind of goes doesn't get the respect he should get he was really good talker great in the ring told a story made you want to go watch the match made you want to go watch him get beat up and then you know you put in with him Tully Blanchard you know when they were the tag team champs oh, man the, it, they always had they always had at least two of the titles the heavyweight the television uh, the tag team belts, um, U.S. title. They always had a couple of the belts all the time. They were always at the top. They were always running in a pack. They were jumping everybody. They 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 basically are the blueprint for a faction, how it should operate size-wise, wrestlers-wise, being able to all talk on the mic. Um, they were just great. They were entertaining every time you every time you got on there. You wanted to go watch them get beat up. That, and that was what they were supposed to do. That, that's what, that was their job was – to put butts in the seat to watch them get their ass kicked, which they did sometimes. Usually they were winning though. Yes. That was another good one. Yeah. The the four horsemen, dude, they really knew how to wrestle. They knew how to talk. They knew they walked the walk. They they showed it. They brought it to the ring. Titles, 
they just did it, man. That was a great faction, which I still believe it's it's untouchable today. It's untouchable. And then they had James J. Dillon, who was a great mouthpiece for them. You know, when he could, he could, you know, I think that he was the financial advisor for Tully Blanchard first before Tully Blanchard went into the Horsemen. So that's kind of how he got his in. But he was always, you know, great, you know, to have in the back. Sometimes he didn't say anything, and you know, but when he did, it was it was important and it added. He didn't just say something to say something. So that was great to have him there too. And they always hold up the four fingers <laughs> that was it man that's that still was... today you you know any wrestling fan you hold up four fingers you're like mm-hmm. yeah the horsemen they were great and and if you fast forward i don't know probably to about i don't know 2002 three four i don't know the exact year um evolution yeah so uh, was that right. about that time about 2003 uh, or so i don't know i don't, I don't have the date right now now man they were batista at- randy Flair and Hunter, yeah, dude. At the time, I don't think that it was that was such a weird faction because I don't think that it was um, highly regarded at the time it was happening. It was kind of like because uh, they're really on par as far as if anybody's ever going to get close to the Horsemen, it was that, in my opinion, that faction. Because if you look at the wrestlers, um, where they were where they went where they came from and they're the talking the wrestling ability always having titles they had you know triple h world title most of the time mm-hmm. then they had randy orton with the intercontinental most of the time and then flair and batista were tag tag yeah. at one point they had all the titles they had everything and then you know i think that uh they turned on orton and yeah. he got kicked out and then it was just like the three of them or, or whatever and then batista and that whole you know kind of Went away. It was didn't live, go on as long as it probably should have. Or could yeah, have. it should have been a little longer. But you know, every, every story has its end. But man, that when they were together, they were they were basically the best for that that company could have put together at any time. And you know, Randy Orton was only was 20, twenty years old, 21? twenty one, twenty two, yeah, twenty two, twenty three cha- at the yeah. time, youngest world champ of all time. Yeah, ever is that still still his? I th- I still think it's it's still running yeah, today. They, on were, that line. they were, they were just great, dude. And and you, I go back and I look at video or I read about them, and I'm like, man, these guys just were not at the time that it was happening. It's one of those times where you don't realize what you got, what's going on right now, until you look at it years later, and you're kind of like, shit, dude, that was, that was killer. Yeah, you know, one old um old school faction which I want to talk about was the Heenan family. You know, Heenan, Andre the Giant, Hercules. Harley Race, Big John Stud. We haven't even mentioned his name once. Um, King Kong Bundy, um, King Haku, the Brain Busters, and Paul Orndorff. See, some of these names we haven't talked about in yeah, a while. Yeah, we haven't talked about a lot of these names. And Rick Rude, sorry. Do I, God, I, don't, I don't want to get backlash here from the nation, but I'm not a big fan of those big guys. I'm not. Even back in the day when we were a kid, dude, Bundy, Big John Stud? I really, um, so, you know, kind of when I started coming into the wrestling, a lot of those guys was like kind of their, the twilight of their career. Okay. Um, All right. You know, I didn't really start really, really watching wrestling until right around that WrestleMania 2. All right. Time. So that's what, 86 or so, about 10 years old, about that time. Um, So I missed most of the careers of the, of the big, big 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 guys and man i just i didn't i did not get off on watching you know andre the Gen- dude huge huge guy he could have killed anybody at any point at any time in any <laughs> match if he wanted to but dude he was so slow correct couldn't move i didn't get to see him when he was younger so i didn't get to see i've seen footage of the agile correct andre, me too but i didn't me get too. to live it and see it big john stud basically i've just seen him in a couple matches um but i wasn't a fan of the big guys but i'll been tell you he and Heenan was one of the greatest managers of all time, if not the greatest. And the Heenan family, dude, you know, you talk about Rick Rude, you talk about Paul Orndorff, um, you talk about, um, I believe, did he also, um, um, God, the name just escaped me. He also managed Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect. Oh, correct. Um, the, he had some great wrestlers, dude. He did, great, dude. Great wrestlers he was a great, in the stable. Yeah, that was a great stable on that uh, old school. Uh, you're right. Most of the time that when the stable was happening, I probably was not uh, around or watching wrestling at the time. Some of, I think, towards the end of it, I was uh, doing that kind of stuff. 
uh, one of the um, other factors I like to bring up is is actually one of my favorites is the Freebirds. You know, love the Freebirds. Michael P. S. Hayes. You know, um, these guys they just they so, they were just so fun. Just you know, Ronnie Garvin. Well, Ronnie Garvin wasn't it? Jimmy Garvin. Sorry, Jimmy, Jimmy Garvin. Garvin. Jimmy Garvin, uh, Buddy Roberts, Bam Bam, uh, uh, Gordy, and Michael PSAs. They were yeah. great. They had that huge run. They were always the six man. I already gave our my thoughts on the six man tag. Correct. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. But they were, they had that huge, huge uh, 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 beef with the Von Erics and WCCW. Right. That went on for the whole time they were there. God, they were. They were such innovators, in particular, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, who, if you guys have ever seen the Freebirds, or if you haven't, he's the guy with the, I always thought, dude, he was hilarious. He's got the brownish beard, <laughs> platinum blonde hair, Correct. right? And then he's got the tights, the pants tights, and you will, I will say every single, every, almost every single other wrestler that I've seen wear the pants tights, they got the shorts over the top. Yeah. He didn't wear the shorts over the top. So it always looked a little funny to me. Like, oh my God, dude, what does this guy wear, dude? I can see these little bits. But man, <laughs> he was an innovator. He was the first wrestler to use, or the Freebirds were the first to use rock music. Right. As their entrance to an the entrance, ring. Yeah. They were the first, yes, you're going to hear me correctly, the first tag, first group of wrestlers, probably the first wrestlers to ha sing their own theme song their own entrance yeah. music with bad street usa which was a great great that that song really sounds like them like the way they <laughs> like they were they were just innovators through and through they got the heat the crowd Correct. the dude the people want to jump out of their seats and kill them and right man they right? They, they just they hated them and loved them at the same time or got, loved to hate them yeah they and Michael PSA was one of the greatest talkers. He still is, bro. He's one of the great. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, he's a good teacher too. Yeah. He's still in there. Uh, and then when they had, I was more of a fan of the free words as shorter lived as it was with Jimmy Garvin. I just wasn't a Buddy Roberts uh, fan. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like Jimmy Garvin um, a lot better. Uh, he could talk. He was a better wrestler, I think. But dude, uh, uh, Bam Bam uh, Gordy was. Dude, one of the most underrated guys and probably the most underrated guy in that group. Dude, that guy was a big 320 pound. He was, he was kind of like, um, Bam Bam Bigelow a little bit. I wonder if maybe that's kind of where he got his name. Bam Bam Bigelow got maybe uh, could, if any of you guys know who that is, he was the wrestler that had his head top of his head tattooed with flames. Maybe you've seen him, you know, a cursory glance, but man, he, uh, Gordy was such a good wrestler, dude. He really underrated could move for a big guy. He was agile, told a great story in the ring, and he could wrestle down on the mat. He could, you know, he wasn't getting up on the top rope, but he'd go second row, give you an elbow, all that kind of stuff. But he 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 was he was definitely um I mean he's passed away since then. I mean almost almost all those guys have passed away, I think. I think Jimmy Garvin might still be alive. But yeah. And Michael's still Michael's still alive. Um yeah. But uh, man, they uh, they were great. They were innovators, and and man, I can't. I think you can tell how much I really like them because I just keep <laughs> gushing about them on every episode we talk about them. But uh, yeah, dude, they That's were cool. they Freebirds were great. great, man. Yeah. Um, just to bring up some new school stuff um, from AEW's The Inner Circle. This is uh, Chris Jericho's faction uh, with Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. They just those guys were. I mean, it's a new faction or faction of today wrestling and they're great man they're fun they have a you know they mix and match guys and they do from five guy matches to you know tag teams to you know three on three stuff and inner circles good fun exciting you know stuff that of course it's chris jericho you know i don't know if you saw that but chris jericho stole the um Appetite for Destruction type of logo. So for the inner circle. So he did the same thing. He did the Iron Cross and then mm -hmm. put pictures of the guys in schools, like they're, what they would look like on their shirt in the inner circle. And I was like, damn. You know, I, I, I'm not watching probably as much AEW as I should. You know, talking about wrestling, I'm more of an old school kind of guy. But I am a huge fan of Chris Jericho. A huge fan of him and his 1001 holds. Mm -hmm. Right. 
arm Damn. bar. Dude, remember that? That was great. Well, that That's a gimmick we got to talk about sometime. That was... He, yeah, Chris he, Jericho is, is running wild. He's, he's doing... Uh, he was the, the first big name for these guys, and he n- knew what he was doing. He still has it in him. He's still running it. He's still having fun, wrestling, storylines, doing what he needs to do to, to survive on that one. Yeah. Um, another faction from the AEW is the elite, which is AKA also known as the bullet club, mm-hmm. uh, the young bucks, yeah. Cody, Kenny Omega, hangman, Adam page, uh, they started off and, um, you know, those guys too, uh, they brought it from new Japan and kept, uh, that steam ball rolling, uh, and, you know, brought it to a new federation and ran wild with it and still very much running strong. These guys are still doing, you know, really good with that kind of stuff. Yeah, though all those wrestlers you just named off are great. They're top of the heap in each of their, each of their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disciplines, I guess. You know, the okay. Young Bucks, the tag team, and Kenny Omega with the title. And did did, did uh, Hangman just win the title? A couple. Weeks Hangman won a shot to win won the title. Won a shot to wrestle for the and title. And Cody has been wrestling uh, Malachi, right? That that. Yeah. So the, I mean they. They're they're all aren't they all like um, like producers or they have uh, their foot in the yeah in booking or whatever production like and, and stuff like seems that. Seems like they're doing a better job than the NWO did when they were all involved with that. They were kind of just saying me 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 me. Hopefully they learned their lesson. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully you never know. I mean, uh, on that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, I also still want to talk about the uh, the new Japan version of the Bullet Club. So back in two thousand thirteen. Um, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor, started the Bullet Club. You know, he wanted to, Mm -hmm. he started as a small thing and and ran wild with it too, you know? And same thing with some of those guys being who he brought in Japan. And and that really, when when that ball started to roll, that steam, uh, that brought my eyes to New Japan. Like I've heard of them, but I really didn't hear them, you know? Uh, guys like Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, of course the Young Bucks, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Marty School. These guys were great on, on New Japan, you know. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, those tag team dudes, you know. Uh, they just ran wild with it, dude. They, they knew what they were doing in New Japan. And, you know, they needed to start off and break off into other factions, other, you know, when these guys got too uh, big for their bridges or and took off. Yeah, whenever I would watch, get the chance to watch New Japan, um, it was very, it wasn't on very often over here. I mean, I think they started to get a weekly show going, but man, they had a lot of people in that Bullet Club. Yeah, it got a, and obviously, I think it's well documented. It was really inspired by the NWO, and that's where it all kind of came from. Correct. Not like the NWO started it, but that's where the, the idea for it kind of came from. But you see them all like kind of splinter off, like um, uh, AJ Styles and. Uh, uh, Carl Anderson mm-hmm. and, uh, and Doc Gallows. They did their own thing in WWE, and then yeah, they split off. But they always kind of find themselves back to each other, and I mean, it just shows a closeness. You know, the brotherhood. I guess no matter where they go, they're gonna find each other and always kind of group together. And exactly, and you know, keep it going, and and you know, wrestle and storylines, and you know, uh, ride partners and whatever. They, yeah, they kept it going, man. That that doing that really good. Let's you um. Know? I'm kind of going to change it up a little bit. I want to talk about some f- factions that were a little bit smaller. Okay. Um, maybe weren't as popular. Maybe weren't as big as the NWO or the Horsemen um, or held in that high of regard. One I want to talk about is the Nation of Domination. Ooh, yeah. Now, the Nation of Domination was during the Attitude Era, and uh, it consisted of the original leader was Ron Simmons, who mm-hmm. went by the name at that time of Farouk. And then it had um, Mustafa. Uh, what, uh, what was it? He was uh, the pimp dude. Gosh darn it. The name escapes me right now. Um, the Godfather? Godfather. Yeah, okay. the Godfather. Uh, and then... Uh, D'Lo Brown? D'Lo Brown. And then a little bit later, they had a couple other people in there. And then a little bit later, a little bit later, little old Rocky Maivia. 
ends up joining the nation. Yeah, but he the, was at that time. He still was he wasn't mid card or lower than mid card type was a of mid card, low card uh, wrestler and, or you know. Yeah, he was still rocking Maivia. Um, he was still probably wearing the tassels to the ring. Correct. You know the vest, the tasselly yeah. vest, or the, the you know the wrist thing with the tassels from the shoulder Correct. to the wrist. He was a mid carter, um, solid in the mid, not high, not low, right in the middle. And I think that that was. I don't think anybody knew what was going to happen with him was going to happen, but I think that at that point, putting him with those guys was absolutely the right decision, no matter which way you look at it. And man, he. That's one of those things where you take that opportunity and you run with it because, you know, you, you could slowly, slowly, slowly see it evolve and see the shift of power go from, you know, they were battling these outside forces, but then they also started battling inside. And you could see <laughs> Rocky Maivia changing to The Rock. Yeah. And kind of taking the power from Farouk and just took over the nation, finally leaving the nation. And, man, I mean, one of the greatest wrestlers you know, in, in WWE ever had with, you know, with The Rock, especially during that Attitude Era, uh, you know, the nation, you know, doesn't really. And then you had D'Lo Brown, who was actually a really good wrestler. Oh, yeah, definitely. He was a really good wrestler. Um, I would have to fact check myself, but I'm sure he had. I, I think he and uh, Godfather before he was Godfather when he was in the nation. I'm sure they had tag titles at some point, those two guys together. I think that um, Farouk had Intercontinental Gold. I don't know if he was ever world champ when he was. Yeah, I don't think so. And um, The Rock had the title, obviously, when he was in there. But, man, they were they were solid. That's one of those, like, they didn't have a weak link. They had one guy that was far superior to anybody else. But they didn't have anybody that was like, that guy sucks or he's terrible. They were all really, really, really good wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the Mean Street Posse? Is that... <laughs> From or, Greenwich, Connecticut? <laughs> yes. Or are they called the Greenwich uh, Posse? Yeah, they did it. Shane's they, buddies. Weren't they the were they the cheer squad? No, that was a spirit squad. Oh, spirit. That, that's what I'm bringing up next. <laughs> uh, the, oh, okay. I'm getting them actually. You know what? Yes. I'm getting them mixed up. So they're the, very similar. The Mean Street Posse was Shane McMahon's posse in sweater vests. Yes. The, Pete Gas, yes. Rodney, Joey Hebs, um, that kind of stuff. That those are like frat boy. Yeah, it, that's like they came out as Shane's like upper class yeah. buddies from college and they didn't they were definitely mid card they were definitely that fun dumb dumbness but you know it was it was still good dude mean street posse man there's they're just you know good on that one and then you you brought it up but there's also you're right uh the spirit squad they were they had some good wrestlers yeah on the on the spirit squad check it out man they had kenny dude, johnny okay. hold up hold up hold up hold up. stop for a second kenny Kenny was um, what was his last name in the group? Do you remember? He Dykstra. It was Ken. It was Dykstra. He was. I mean, he's not the best guy. Obviously, we know who you're headed towards in the yes. list of people who came out of the only guy that came out of that group to ever do anything. And most people probably don't even know who you're gonna say, but I know who you're gonna say. I thought that at that time, dude, he was the best guy. Man, he would do those splashes off the top rope, and he that was would, a real tall one, right? The real yes. tall guy, real dude. I was like, oh wow, yeah. this guy's. Remember I talked about an episode, you look at a group and you're like, I'm like, that's the guy. Yes. He, that's going to be the, so maybe he got injured or something, but man, he was, he was great, dude. Go ahead. So we had Kenny, Johnny, Mickey, and then the last one is Nikki, which we all know Nikki was Dolph Ziggler. Dolph. That's. Yeah. In the, in the spirit squad. <laughs> <laughs> they were come out in their green weren't they in green and white with yes. their two colors and yes. man they 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 weren't yeah they were okay they were okay they were entertaining for what they were uh, correct i mean correct. usually when they come on the show you're usually a six pack <laughs> or, or, or whatever or cracking up or what are these guys doing and and stuff like that man heck yeah man that who, was i can't remember who they were um like who their association was with like who were they the were spirit they, squad i don't know it could have been shane too i mean you know, he found out some yeah. different factions and stuff. You know, some of those lesser known factions, you know, a lot of times had because you had to kind of do something. One I didn't even think about until right now, this very second right now, that was a smaller one um, that probably no one, you may not even have it in your um, novel <laughs> over there. 
Your, in my big talk, big talk Nishi, novel, big talk, <laughs> big talk novel, big talk book. <laughs> um, we got to get a shot of that dude and put it up on the Instagram. No way, dude. man. That's personal. Um, it's got a centerfold. <laughs> it's uh, the Shawn Michaels centerfold. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have that in your wallet? No, not anymore. It's um, digital now. Um, in your digital wallet. In my digital wallet. NFT. Um, the smaller factions, uh, a lot of times were doing the craziest stuff because sometimes they had the people that were thrown together and just kind of like the spirit squad was probably just like, Oh, we're some young guys in development. You, 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 and you, you're together. One of the groups that had two people that ended up being world champion was three man band. Right. And I didn't think about them until right now. And obviously the biggest guy that came out of that was Drew McIntyre. Correct. Who is, you know, was world champ, uh, perennial. Yeah. Uh, currently, you know, on the rosters, one of their top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those things where I saw them the first time come out and it was, it was Slater. Mm-hmm. It was McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. And, uh, Jinder Mahal. Yeah. And I was like, what the Yeah. Why? Who brought and then Especially they, Drew because yeah. he was the chosen one that Nick, Drew McIntyre. I, I really did, and I'm not saying this in hindsight. I always really did like for like me too. Him. I always me did too. like him. I always yeah. thought he kind of got he's um falls in that Dolph Ziggler kind of category where it's like, man, they're really not using this guy right. They're not using him right. They're not using him right. And then they disappeared. You know, Dolph didn't disappear, but he kind of just jobs to everybody now. Um, but man, that three man band. They, it was like every week, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And then they kind of just grow on you. They grow on you. They grow on you. You know, and then I don't know if they ever had titles. They probably maybe won the title once, you know, token title run for just, you know, their hard work and efforts and, you know, making it to every show on time or something. You know, they probably got, you know, a little bit of a run. But I mean, Mahal were, you know, world champ. I think because they were trying to get into the India market personally is why he was the champ that whole time. Right. They did that whole thing. Right yes. There. Um, I love our Indian listeners, by the way. They're some of my favorite. Um, and McIntyre has now like, you know, top of the heap. I mean, really. Correct. So what they what they did with McIntyre was they did let him go, right? And they told him to, hey, you know what? Find yourself, center yourself. We're not saying we won't ever take you back, but hey, you know, stay, do the independence for a little bit and, and you know, find some magic again. Or your smile, sorry. And then um, he did. You know, he came. He you know did really good at the independence and came back on on NXT and then shined on that. And then you know they brought him up and he was ready to go, man. He, he was he always went one to, of these guys. Uh, Impact, right? Didn't he go to Impact? Yeah. And he was NWA World Champ, right? I remember when he was the champ, hearing him do an interview where he actually wanted. He really wanted to go old school and he wanted to travel the world and go to Japan and go to Europe, go to Mexico, all over the U.S., and actually defend that title all over the place. He was really excited about that. Yeah. Then I'd say within a year after I heard that interview, they brought him back to WWE and his run started. But, man, he's he's a badass. Right. He's a badass. Right. He put on a bunch of weight, too, in between the time he left and when he came back. He probably Yeah, probably, uh, probably more muscle, dude, but, like, to, we'll say, for that bit, 15 pounds of muscle. Yeah. yeah. You know? He's a big dude. He had a... Uh, almost uh, as big as me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's, you know what? I, I didn't do probably my due diligence on homework as I should have for this episode, but I got some names that are really coming to the top of my head. This guy, I know we're going to talk about him in a later episode. You know, we got some other things lined up in the bank we're going to do, but I want to talk about Paul E. Dangerously and the Dangerous Alliance. Ooh. Nobody, and I mean nobody talks about this. Nobody talks about the Dangerous no. Alliance. You had, at the time, Stunning Steve Austin, Beautiful Bobby. Um, you had Arn Anderson. Right. You had Larry Zabisco. And you had um, Rick Rude. Wow. Now, that is... I'm not a big Zabisco fan, but he could still he, wrestle. He's he could a good still wrestler, talk. though, man. He, he, but I wasn't a fan of his. Okay. But, man, they had some matches, dude. Those guys were some of... At that time, were some of the best wrestlers in the industry. And they were all in one stable. No one talks about. It. Obviously, you know what happened to Steve Austin. You know, took off like wildfire. Um, Bobby Eaton, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. I that that's me saying it, not someone else. <laughs> um, Arn Anderson, one of the best talkers from the Four Horsemen, knows how to be in a faction, knows what it's all about. 
Rick Rude just same thing knows how to be in a faction knows how to be in a fa- knows how to be a single wrestler um, and then you got Paul E Dangerously who was kind of an I mean when I kind of when I saw the Dangerous Alliance kind of form mm-hmm. it was kind of like, that was like the first time I kind of really remember seeing Paul E Dangerously remember he had the I don't think he had the ponytail yet he had a little bit of a mullet going and he had that cell phone yes and origin- Zach Morris. originally it was like a house phone with the antenna and, <laughs> and he'd be like out at ringside. He said he needs it all the time, you know, because of the deals <laughs> he's making and, you know, getting contracts for all of his guys and all this kind of stuff. And man, I remember they uh, had that war games match. Um, was that like against like the road warriors and sting and Luger or something like that, dude. And it was one of the best war games matches. I think sting was in it. Man, they they just that that's a faction that does not get it to do. I had to talk about them, uh, the Dangerous Alliance WCW dude. That was ninety one ish, I would think ninety ninety one, maybe ran like to ninety two or so. Man, so uh, I'm gonna bring up two factions which I loved um, from the ECW days. So I loved the Dudleys. So you know, at the time, I think the Dudleys before they came became the Dudley Boys. They brought out those like five of them. So there was. You know, Bubba, Devon, Sign Guy Dudley, uh, Big Dick Dudley, and then Spike Dudley. You know, the, a faction like that, they all wore, you know, tie-dye stuff and overalls. And they all supposedly were all from the same dad and yeah. different moms or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> The Dudleys were great. The Dudleys fun, were man. great. You know, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But, you know, Spike was a freaking crash test dummy. Right. Um Big Dick Dudley was just a monster. Correct. And uh, uh, sign guys or, or whatever. Yeah, sign guy. He didn't really do anything. He no, was, he was outside. Sign. Yeah. And uh, man, they, that was a good, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you, dude. That was a good faction. I mean, yeah. ECW didn't get to really see him that much. Some of these you got to kind of go back and, and kind of, you know, get on Peacock and go back and watch. Because, Check it out. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, when they first came up, it, ECW wasn't big yet. No. So they were one of the first, you know, right after Public Enemy kind of was their biggest tag team, you know, that they had. Then, you know, when they kind of got a little bit of heat, a little bit of, like you like to say, a little bit of steam, they Mm -hmm. were able to get some other people. And, you know, Dudley's was one of the, you know, the first, probably the first faction they had. And and it was great. It was great. And, and, you know, it's good to be able to go back and kind of watch those kind of things and see them, you know, because I missed them. I missed them when they happened. You know, from ECW slash WCW days, um, I loved Raven's Nest or The Flock. Um, You know, Raven, Stevie Richards, The Pitbulls, um, Canyon, Billy Kidman, Lodi, and Perry Saturn. And there was even a, a, a... That's like half the roster. Right. <laughs> no, one of those, dude. Half the roster. There was even a time where Cactus Jack was following Raven. So he kind of... they, they At that time, I think it was the ECW days, they, they put, pushed him in on Raven's Nest. Mm-hmm. But towards WCW, they... It, it, of course, you know, Cactus Jack turned into mankind and do love. But that was fun. That was good stuff. That was from ECW. was another one of those factions that I, I loved too and from them. Do you remember um, what was Raven's name before he was in ECW? He, oh, he was, uh, in a, was it Johnny Polo? Johnny Polo, dude. I was right? watching some old like pay per views, WCW pay per views. I was like, Johnny Polo. Oh my God, dude, Raven. Bro. Right? I, I saw Raven. that too. I was watching something and I saw that. I if you've seen Raven or if, and you've never seen Johnny Polo, or if you've seen Johnny Polo and never seen Raven, <laughs> think about the exact opposite person. They are the like on the opposite ends of the spectrum of what you would think two people would look like dude. yeah well they knew how to come up with uh characters you know um hey so uh bringing up i still wait we're gonna go back to uh wwe days um one of the factions i did love and it, which was crazy too was was nexus you remember nexus yeah man i think this is, we're gonna butt heads on this one I, okay I, I they made an impact when they first came but man. They made, right they made an impact that's the whole thing they made an impact for a month yeah, they did. They came out, beat up Cena the first time, tore, yeah. tore up the whole set, the whole ring, everything. And then they did it a couple more times. And that, that, it was, who who did we get out of there? We got Wade Barrett. Yeah, Wade Barrett. Who I think was... was uh, David Otunga. David Otunga. Who was you had Ryback, but he had a different name at the time on that one. Uh, Justin Gabriel. Heath Slater, your favorite. Yeah, from Three Man. Three uh, Man Band. Uh, Daniel Bryan. Or Brian Daniels, however you want to say it. Danielson. Yeah, Danielson. 
And then, and then that's all when that faction was going on. And then when Nexus was losing their steam, they added CM Punk. So he was on that. Yeah, and he was like their he was like a their leader. Yeah, he was like, like a new leader. I think Curtis there. Axel was in there for a little bit too, and then also Bray Wyatt. There was also when these guys before first came Bray in Wyatt. before he was. He was before he was Bray. The Fiend, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so all those guys, and they did, you're right. They had they had steam. They they came in and, you know, made everybody look, oh, my God, what's going on here, blah, 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 blah. But it didn't it didn't really go no, from that part I, on. I, yeah, man, I just... But I did like it. I mean, that did that, I remember that Raw when they destroyed Cena and, you know, and destroyed the ring and stuff like that. I thought, oh, man, look at these young guys. But I, I think the problem maybe, and I'm just kind of evolving these thoughts as we go right now. Uh, I didn't know you were going to bring them up. One of the things, and uh, another one, another faction I want to talk about, I'm just going to interject them now. We can talk about them more later because I want to, the shield. Because um, what I was going to say was about Nexus, oh, maybe it's because they just threw some young guys together. But that's what they did with the shield. So what's the difference here? Okay, Nexus, who talked? One guy, Wade Barrett, was only talking, and then it was everybody else. You look at the Shield, dude; they could all talk. Correct. They were all different the way they talked. Ambrose was crazy. Yeah. Um, Reigns was all business, and Seth Rollins had a little bit of like, you know, he was business. He was like a combination of the two. He would throw out a little tongue and cheek thing yeah. when he was talking, kind of thing. <laughs> Nexus, I didn't think everybody in Nexus was a good wrestler. Correct. The Shield, all great wrestlers. Yes. Um, at the time, did we know? But you could see it at the time. So you kind of look at these things like, what? Why did one survive, and why did one become one of the b- best factions of all time, and why did one kind of fizzle out? And I think, you know, point out some of those things because they had some good wrestlers. Obviously, um, Brian Danielson is you know one of the best wrestlers of all time. Wade Barrett, I think, is vastly underrated. Yeah, he was really, he was good. really um, good. And he that mic skills, man. Wow. So when he was injured, they had him. You know, when he'd go up on the scissor yeah, lift the and do scissor his, lift uh, and do, I've got some bad news. news. Yeah, that was great. And then uh, uh, who the the Gabriel, Justin Gabriel. Justin, yeah, he, I thought he was really good too, but he never got any mic time. I don't know if maybe he could no. talk. He was lower mid card wrestler. He, he yeah, just like Heath Slater, lower mid card. Heath Slater, I didn't they, think was a good talker though. He he was like, no. He's like a white boy or something. It's just like, ah, dude, I can't, I can't listen to you, dude. You're yeah. not like me. Um, but so let's transit. Do you, do you want to talk some more about Nexus? No, I was good on that. I got something um, else to oh bring yeah, up. And they had Ryback who I'd never did like ever yeah. at any point. No, I want to put that out there. So that's transcripted the shield. Yeah. The, the, the hounds of justice as they are regard, as they are called Dude, those guys came in and basically kind of did the same thing. Came in, ran rough shot, kicked everyone's ass, tore shit up, but they didn't fizzle away. And, you know, they were tag team champs, um, intercontinental champ. I think they had the U.S. champ, I mean. Yeah. Uh, probably both. Um, but, man, they and they could all talk. So you didn't have to rely on one guy to talk for everybody. They also had the tag team, I think. Yeah. Roman and Seth yep, had the tag for a bit. I, I, as, as highly regarded, I mean, sometimes I go back and forth on stuff and sometimes I'm kind of a dick and I don't want to give people as much due as they probably should get. But And The Shield is one of those groups because I'm just not a big Roman Reigns like guy. I'm not a big okay. Roman Still today? I mean, uh, still, still today. He's, still he today. hasn't run you over on... No, still today. He, he's way better as a heel and I'm so glad they stopped trying to shove him down your throat. As a Correct, face. right? I'm um, I'm with you on that. So... That's great. But man, when you look back, you're like, oh, yeah, dude. They were fucking awesome. They were awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, 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 they went from, you know, being known like a, a heel team to being that kind of like Austin, like anti hero kind of thing. And now the fans are cheering for them. Then they were going against, you know, Triple H, the corporation, or whatever the in you know whatever enigma they had going on right then with Triple H, and then of course you get the turn, uh, Seth Rollins doing the turn, and you know all its history from there. But man, that faction was great, dude, and and they definitely got to be in a top five. If you're gonna do a list, they got to be in the top five. Yeah, do you remember the greatest feud uh, the Shield had? Who is that? The Wyatt family. Oh yeah, dude. That yeah. that that I remember when those three you know got against the other three and I remember that raw I was like holy shit this is what we I thought this is pay per view quality yeah that's and, that's when they were 
they were both, you know, yeah. there's another faction. They were apexing. Yeah. They were apexing. And you know, it's good sometimes to have those smaller, you know, three person, maybe four. Four, I, I think is the best. Four is the best, but dude, you got the brood. Yeah. I mean, we're you're talking the brood. You're talking the Wyatts. You're talking the shield, dude. World champion, world champion, world champion, world champion, world champion, world champion. I mean, six of the nine guys. Yeah. You know, intercontinental champions tagged, you know. Sometimes it's easier when you got a smaller group than you know, 27, 28 NWO members or Bullet Club or whatever is going on. These guys are crazy. <laughs> Too much, right? That stop. Yeah. Stop. stop. Stop, dude. If you can't count them on one hand, it's yeah. It's time. You know, to- you know what? Just seeing about that, I think AEW has too many factions where they, every guy, they're just faction, 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 and and. and it's too much for me. I don't like it. Give me, give me just a couple of tag guys. Give me a couple of single wrestlers. If you want, you know, hang out with some of the people, fine, but not another faction. There was one time, all they did was just bring out faction after faction after faction, and this was like a couple of months ago. And I'm like, I'm too much for me. It was too much. This was before Punk and before uh, Daniel Bryan's, you know, entered the ring mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But um, oh. But from the Wyatt family, I do want to mention Luke Harper, you know Rowan, and then and then Bray Wyatt. Though that faction was really good uh, before they added Strowman too. Mm-hmm. Even when they added Strowman, there's four of the four of them. But those when it was the Shield versus the the Wyatt family, I liked I liked mm-hmm. those three. Mm-hmm. That feud was good, exciting, kept me wanting to come back on Monday nights and and you know Smackdowns and all the pay per views and shit like that. So that yeah. was a good storyline that kept me going and it did it didn't drag out for months and months and months but at least it dragged out enough to where okay we're gonna do it for the next six weeks and it you know delivered you know it's kind of it's kind of like when um like you say there's too many factions i'm not saying they had too many but it's kind of like wwe remember in that attitude era there was that time where they had you know the the the, the, um the brood they had dx they had um the acolytes before it was just two guys it was a whole bunch of guys then you had like the Undertaker with his group of minions. Then you had the oddities, and then I don't know if I already said nation. You had the nation. You had all the corporation. People, the corporation, and then you had this one. I'm going to talk about, which is going to probably surprise a lot of people that I was not a big fan of, and that not the tag team, the faction of the Heart Foundation. Right. I just was not. I just wasn't on board. Um, I didn't but, like them, but maybe that was the goal. So maybe they were doing their job, but man, it just didn't. The worst thing you can do, and a wrestler will tell you this, the worst thing you can do is not care. Okay. Like not care. Not hate, not love. Just if you don't care, that's the worst way okay, you, yeah, you correct. can feel. Correct. And that's about, what you were? You, and I was you just like, didn't eh. care? I was like, dude, Bret Hart, stop complaining. Dude, shut up and wrestle. Dude, you're my favorite wrestler of all time, dude, and, and I can't even listen to you. I got to mute the TV. It just, but, the, okay, but you had Bret. You had you his had brother Brett. Owen in there, right? Which, which both of them had many feuds. You had the British Bulldog in there. You know, you had Nightheart, and then you had uh, Pillman. Pillman, what? Pillman wasn't wrestling anymore, really. He had the the, the accident, okay. so his foot, you know, his ankle or whatever, and then, so he wasn't really wrestling. And I think that they built, they um, amped up that crazy, you know, crazy Pillman thing just too much because he was. It was like never. It was just too much. Okay. Anvil was done, so basically it was the Bulldog. I was Bret Hart was getting on my nerves. And so it was the Bulldog and Anvil or and um, Owen. Owen at that point was the best, probably the guy I would like to see most in the ring at that time when him and Bulldog were tag team. Remember, dude, he would come out with the Slammies. Mm-hmm. They'd have the belts. They'd always be feuding with the New Age Outlaws or one of the other groups. You know, they, were the, they, had, they had a lot of tag teams during that time. You know, just coming to my mind, dude, they had a lot of tag teams. Okay, well, time. tag teams is fine, dude. A tag team, okay. Tag team, two, three guys, whatever, big I'm deal. I'm just side noting, but dude. I'm just saying. Factions, man. Stop bringing the factions yeah, they, in. Yeah, they had, uh, there were a lot of factions at that time. Why don't you just bring the four horsemen, black and white, four horsemen, red and blue, four horsemen, green and yellow. Come on. Stop. Green and yellow? <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't they bring back a, a, a four horsemen? I don't remember. Was it late WCW or in the WWE when they bought them out and it was like um, Dean Malenko? But oh, that was in WCW before it went down. It was wasn't that like you said with Romo and, was, and no, it was Malenko, D. Malenko, who has one less hold than Jericho. It was Chris Benoit. Okay, it was Ric Flair, 
and Arn Anderson were there. I don't know if Arn was wrestling. Yeah. And I think there was one more person. Not, and uh, I know that's five. Was it a vicious? It may have been somebody, but man, it was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Oh, Steve McMichael. <laughs> that oh. piece of shit, dude. That guy was yeah. horrible. <laughs> Wasn't he a football player dude, too? that guy was trash. <laughs> that guy was trash. God, somebody mm. tag him on this podcast, dude, so you can hear this. Dude, he was garbage. Oh. Yeah, he played for the Chicago Bears. I think he was like a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, and I don't know how he got in there, and he wore those cheesy-ass football jersey shorts. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't he married to Deborah? Uh, Are they? Uh, no. That was like his lady. Like Maybe. Uh, I think so. Maybe. That was like his valet out there. Yeah. Whatever, dude, but, man, they were – that was like a late incarnation, weren't it? Yeah. I shouldn't even have brought it up. <laughs> so two um, factions I'm going to bring back from Impact Wrestling, right? One of my favorites that, that got me good was Aces and Eights. Now, this really was a good surprise. It was a good grab. It The storyline grabbed me and kept me coming week to week to week to week until they revealed who the main guy was. And when they did, I loved it. I was sold hook, line, and sinker. Um, of course, the main guy was um, Bully Ray. So it wasn't Bubba Ray anymore. It's Bully Ray. Um, and remember, um, Aces and Eights was kind of like a Sons of Anarchy style guys. Yeah. They had like leather jackets or vest, and they kind of come in. Uh, they kind of had some ho-hum guys, but they had some you know main eventers too. Um, Brother Devon. Mr. Anderson. Um, Didn't like him. Ooh, Doc Gallows. Uh, a guy named Canucks. Uh, Garrett Bischoff. I think it was Bischoff's son or something like that. And then Wes Briscoe. Briscoe. Those guys were in there. That was Aces and Eights, man. And, and it was it was fun. So they didn't last a whole lot. But to get to the storyline rolling when it when it started. They were, and it got they me, were there for a while. They, they had a... I don't want to okay. get. I don't want to over exaggerate, but I think they were had at least a year run. Yeah, because it started off like slow burn. Slow burn. You know how it, I love those, it, dude. I it love did, that, dude. It, oh. that, that's why I said they did it well, I'm not, and it had me going. It had me, it, you know. I I heard about it. Something was going on, and what the hell, man? And then uh, from also Impact, one of the main ones we talked about was Main Event Mafia. Just real quick on this one, man. Um, we have uh, Nash, Kurt Angle. Booker T, Scott Steiner, Sting, and Samoa Joe. Yeah. The, 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 you know, main event mafia. These guys came out. These guys are the, the, probably their biggest stars. They all got together trying to trump the new young guys. I wouldn't say young bucks. The, young, the new young guys coming in, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. It's almost like an NWO 2.0. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get all of our senior... Uh, you know, best wrestlers together in one group. Exactly. And not let and anybody didn't. and not let anybody else at the top yeah, push and they, them down. To the and bottom. they all came out in suits and they were the were the main event guys. You know, that type of stuff. You can't get past us. Yeah, you can't get Good past enough us. Where you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One of the um last factions of of the today, I would say from NXT is the undisputed era. Loved them. These guys um, from Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong came in um, and ran amok, ran wild, got titles, hold the titles for a very long time, won the tag titles for, you know, um, two or three times. They, the war games, they won. They, they were just, that was a good faction for however it ran it and of course the court ran its course but for when it was undisputed era was really good and fun and i didn't love i didn't love it i didn't buy into like oh as soon as they came out with a shirt buy it i should have but i didn't because i and towards the end or towards the middle of it when it was real real hot i was like darn it i didn't buy the original shirt now i look like a poser if i buy the 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 latest one <laughs> yeah yeah right I've yeah. had this shirt from the beginning. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not the new one. Yeah. Um, any other uh, any other factions you want to bring up? I'm kind of uh, out right now. I am uh, pretty much talked about everybody I want to talk about. I know we probably missed some people. There's so many. Oh, yeah. We, whenever we do these episodes, there's so many we can talk about, so much we can talk about. We're going to miss some stuff. 
hopefully we hear about it from the nation like oh you forgot these guys you forgot these guys you forgot these guys um well good i'm glad i'm glad that i'm glad they're talking or, or texting or emailing us um last one imperium which is N uh, uk nxt uh walter alexander wolf a guy named Fabian and marcel these four guys awesome they're a great faction in in the uk from nxt love them and they're coming to america now so now they're coming over and joining regular nxt and stuff like that good stuff love it love it you know i need to start watching more of the new stuff you know you, you rave about it and you talk about it a lot i'm gonna have to start watching some more man yes yeah. i need yeah. all i can get man wrestling yeah um quick before we go on the spot greatest match of all time go uh ricky steamboat and macho man from wrestlemania 3 that's mine as well all right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, remember, we're on Instagram at uh, BigTalkCG. Uh, we can also get a hold of us on email at BigTalkCG at gmail.com. We're also on the Twitter machine, same handle, at BigTalkCG. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, and Listen Notes. It's a smaller Ooh. one that carries a lot of indie uh uh, podcast give it a listen um we're just gonna got our uh, arms in a couple of other things and we're gonna see what we're gonna come up with coming up soon and uh you know worldwide big in japan there you Shit, go we're gonna be in north korea soon <laughs> <laughs> sounds good all right guys so until next episode later see ya